0: Hey everyone, my name is Jasmine and welcome to Faithfully Uncool, my little corner of the internet where I talk about Christianity, spirituality, and life. I often find myself overthinking, overanalyzing, or nerding out about my faith, so I figured I may as well do what all good nerds do and make a podcast. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey, Christian, a different believer, or undefined, I'm happy you're here and hope you learn something new for the road all right so welcome to the episode everyone today we have a episode if you've seen from the title it is about why i'm an lgbtq affirming christian at the time of recording it is june which is also pride month um there's been a lot going on i am pretty uh excited to talk about this episode this is a question that i have addressed before for those who may not know faithfully uncool did start off as a youtube channel before it became a podcast podcasting is just more my speed although i don't know at some point i may put stuff on youtube don't hold me to it really (laughs) um because i there's a reason that i did shift away from it but at least at this point in time however I do have some YouTube videos that still remain on the platform, and so if you're ever curious, it's by the same name as the podcast, Faithfully Uncool. Um, the videos are several years old at this point, but it is a topic I've talked about LGBTQ and gender topics before. This is one of my favorite topics in religious studies, actually, and I think it's because I am always and have always really been interested in the intersection of marginalized communities and faith communities and i think that's really because that for me as a black woman there have been understandings where i have really come into womanist theology and other theologies with black feminists that have shown me how important it is to see your voice and hear your voice in your faith community Hopefully I'm making sense there, but I just think that this is a topic that's quite important. The reason why I wanted to talk about why I'm an LGBTQ affirming Christian in this episode is because as just a Christian period, I have been asked this question. And also, I don't think that it's uncommon for people because of how our politics is, and just because of a lot of people's use of the term, you know, we have a religious freedom, or this is our religious belief, and oftentimes that is a, a cover for why they don't want another group to have something, um, and so that can be very frustrating, and I have had people who are not within a religious space ask me very bluntly, like, what do you think about marginalized like LGBTQ folks like what what is your stance there um, because there's an expectation that Christians are just by and large not supportive that's not always true myself and many others and the liberal progressive whomever, whatever term is best for you in the progressive liberal christian space definitely don't take that approach and there are amazing biblical scholars on tiktok and instagram and youtube and all the interwebs really taking hold of this idea that christianity and social justice are worlds apart from each other um and really getting away from this idea of two defend marginalized groups or to politically stand with marginalized groups is somehow um, too political, and that's anti-church or anti-Christian, right? So there's a lot of Christians that are um, fighting against that stance, and I'm really glad to see the definition of what it means to be Christian growing beyond the religious right and strict evangelicalism, and particularly Christian nationalism. I think that's very, very important. And so with this episode, it's a bit of a chatty episode. I didn't get to script as much as I wanted, so I'm probably going to have to do a lot of editing, which I'm not super excited for. This is a topic that is very important to me. So hopefully you tune in and you enjoy it, and thanks for being here. So one thing I want to make sure I do in this episode is separate the words affirming and welcoming because I was listening to a podcast that kind of defined those and I know that people can use those in different ways. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of churches that will say we're welcome, we're open to all. There are certain spaces though that are particularly affirming and so I want to define that because when it's been defined for me, the difference has been very helpful. And I was actually having a really good conversation with a friend the other day and I was talking to her about my church and about how it's it's very, you know, th- we have a lot of LGBTQ congregants and I think it's really great, whatever. And she was saying, oh, okay, are you, are you welcoming or are you affirming? And I really loved that she asked that and I said, oh, like, I know what you mean, we're affirming and so for anyone who's listening who might feel like i don't really know what you mean by the word affirm what's the difference i've heard a lot of churches say they're welcoming and then people come through the door and they're talking about how much of a sin being lgbtq is and so for someone who is affirming that means we don't look at being lgbtq being in a same-sex relationship being transgender as a sin we don't look at it as something that needs to change or something that is separating that person from God, Um, definitely would not describe it in language that has historically been used or even in some spaces used today, such as sinful or abomination or any language like that. And so to say you are affirming, it means not only that you are welcomed here, but that you are welcomed here in your fullness. We Do not expect a change in identity of sexual orientation um, for you to have a presence here and fully serve and fully be in the community as a church member. So I hope that that makes sense. That's the best way that I know to describe it because, again, I think people have gone into situations where they feel like I'm going to be welcomed and then were very disappointed that they were not also affirmed and so while every church space is not affirming some will claim that they are welcoming and so I do think that that is a fair distinction to make so that when I use the word affirm in this episode title it's not just me choosing the word because it's a nice word to have in the episode title I'm choosing it very specifically because of this distinction so um, just hope that that clarifies it for anyone that May have been very intuitive, like my friend, and very smart, and asked, Hey, like, is this what you mean, or is that what you mean? The first reason that I consider myself an LGBTQ affirming Christian is really if I had to describe this, it would really be how I view the Bible plus education that I've received. And when I say education, I mean both formally in school as an undergrad student several years ago getting my religious studies. degree double majored it was a blast i loved my religious studies classes had really great professors but there was a lot there that was incredibly incredibly helpful knowledge just knowledge about the bible that i didn't know and i grew up loving the bible i grew up loving studying the bible and really wanting to get into the nitty-gritty like like when I got to college, I was jealous of some of my uh, Muslim friends because one of my friends that was Muslim, she, her native language was not Arabic. And so she was studying the Quran in Arabic and learning Arabic because it was very important to her to be able to know Arabic as the Quran was written in that language. And I remember thinking, wow, I really wish, and and I'm not saying that it's not a beautiful thing that the Bible is not translated in many languages and accessible to many people, A 100,000%, that is a positive thing. But I remember seeing her with that experience and thinking, oh my gosh, like I really wish I grew up in a setting where it was really important for us to know the Bible in biblical Hebrew and Greek for the New Testament, just because... I always find it fascinating when I learn new things that have been translated or misinterpreted or may have had a different connotation in the Hebrew or Greek and and different words that were used in several different passages and what that means about their meaning. And so I just find all that fascinating. And the more you study the Bible, the more you realize that it's not linear, it's not neat, it's not a single story it's more of a library with different authors and different times going through different situations that are vastly different than you in the 21st century western society in the the united states and so i think that just that education of i can't simply open this read it at face value all the time and automatically be able to copy and paste what's being said into my own situation. It does not mean that it's not good for structure or guidance or inspiration. It, it's not, it, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that oftentimes when we want the Bible to be a weapon, it conveniently can do that for us but we often have to take verses out of context to do that and so there are about six to seven traditional like they've been called the clobber passages now that have been hurled at the lgbtq community to demean or to prove in some way quote unquote i'm putting in air quotes but you can't see me prove that being lgbtq is wrong and these passages have really been used to hurt folks and so I won't go through all of them today because quite frankly the cover passages could be their own episode each verse could be its own episode there is amazing education sources that I've followed just on social media it's true that you don't need a degree to learn a lot and that includes about the bible there are so many people that are degreed up on all of these platforms just giving information out for free and one of the best resources specifically for this topic that i love is the reformation project and i follow them on instagram and if you want to know sort of those classic verses that have been used against the lgbtq community the reformation project often does posts about them that are really informative and kind of break down why they don't work today to hurl at loving same-sex couples that are just living their life right and so i think that um just the education that I've been blessed to receive has really shaped and just the complexity that I've been able to recognize in the Bible and then been able to recognize in my faith has really shaped my affirmation of being supportive of LGBTQ peoples. passage that I will mention because this is one that I learned about in school and I see people also demystify this as a clobber passage against LGBTQ people a lot on social media, and I'm so glad that they do, is Saddam and Gamora and how many used to think or perhaps still do think that this story is about homosexuality and that's why saddam and gomorrah were punished and that's completely not true this story is about a lack of hospitality and also about wanting to exert power over people over the men that were threatened to be sexually assaulted and so saddam and gomorrah is not about same-sex relationships and so this has been one that is one of the clobber passages but also is a longer passage because it's a story in genesis of what people have often applied as the sin of saddam and gomorrah and that is i mean the clobber passages are often taken out of context or misinterpreted a lot but saddam and gomorrah has always stood out to me as just such an egregious misread of the story um that i pointed out today because i just think that Again, it really shows us how oftentimes what we assume is being discussed in the Bible is something that really doesn't work for the time period. Um, Dan McClellan, he's a scholar on TikTok and on Instagram, has done a great post about this, so I'll leave it in the show notes. But I just think that this is one of those things where people will have their own prejudices today and read the Bible into it and believe the Bible just flat out supports it and it's like no because you're not living in the ancient near east you're not living in an honor shame culture what they are going through and what you are going through are just not one for one so um and i think that's so good to remember because oftentimes we insert ourselves into biblical stories and assume we know exactly what's happening and that Fails a lot, especially when we do that for the purpose of being able to discredit or hurt someone else, right? So this isn't about you sitting down and being like, oh, I have learned this, or this has inspired me to be introspective, but oftentimes people might read something and be like, actually, this has been the reason for why I think a certain way about a whole group of people, and and the Bible is clear, the Bible says so, no nuance here. And that just doesn't work. We, we often end up doing that on, on very very shaky grounds with very little foundation. So that's just one that I'll bring up and I won't yap too long about this, but this is one of the primary reasons is that the more I have been able to educate myself about just the Bible itself, because I love my faith and I love the religious texts of my faith, how much I've been able to educate myself alone has been my reasoning for being very supportive Of the LGBTQ community because I really see that the reasons people have not been supportive just do not hold weight. Not when you try to be a loving, compassionate person, and not when you try to be a responsible, educated reader of the Bible. So this year was my first year attending a Pride parade. I am new to a major metro city. I've only lived here for about a year. And so this year I decided to go to my local pride parade. It was a blast. It was amazing. And I saw several churches marching in the parade. And I also didn't see my church, but I knew that my church had attended the pride parade. I wasn't able to walk with them this year. The timing just didn't work out, but um, I do know that my congregation had definitely had a presence at the Pride Parade because the pastors announced it and the weeks leading up to it. And so that brings me to my next reason for why I'm an LGBTQ affirming christian and it has to do with the fact that i belong to a christian denomination in which we recognize that being affirming is a part of our faith and that lgbtq people have a space in our communities and in our churches and as siblings in christ with us That's really because I'm an Episcopal and proud to be a part of a denomination that tries to be an advocate for LGBTQ people, and I've also seen several LGBTQ clergy in my Episcopal denomination, and so that's something that makes me extremely excited. It's one thing to be affirming, but a big part of showing that is to also have that represented in leadership, and so... I'm not claiming that Episcopalians are perfect. I'm newer to the denomination myself, and I'm not a formal pastor or anything. Okay, as the saying goes, there are no unproblematic faves. But in my experience, in American churches within the United States at least, aside from non-denominational places and a few others, Episcopalians is are one of the most affirming Traditions within the Christian faith. All right, just just for me and the way that I've seen things. Um, if you've experienced otherwise, based on your church or where you live, please let me know. I know that this could be different globally, so I give validity to that. But I just want to be honest about my experience. I grew up fundamentalist Baptist and had a lot of those influences in different parts of my life, even when we weren't going to church as much, and so being a part of an Episcopal space has felt very different for me, in a good way. So that's one of the reasons why I'm an LGBTQ affirming Christian, is because I'm a part of a denomination where that is a part of our faith. And honestly, this is something that I was seeking for when I moved Um, to a larger city is that I wanted to find LGBTQ affirming spaces and the Episcopal Church was one that I found aligned with me. So I just want to say that this was a value of mine that I was able to see reflected in my faith community, which was quite important. Um, And so I just want to put that out there, that if you are LGBTQ or you're an LGBTQ ally and you live in a large area with different Christian groups around you, maybe see um, what the Belief system, what the mission statement, right, is of your local Episcopal church, and perhaps there's something there. The final reason is the most important one. And this is the reason that take away my church, take away my schooling, and you've still got this one. And that's because of God. Because In my faith, as I practice my faith, I truly believe that God sees the marginalized. While I don't intimately understand what it's like to grow up LGBTQ, I do know what it's like to grow up and feel like you do not belong, like you're not worthy, like something's missing, or that your differences are a burden. In Genesis 16, 1 to 13, it details the story of Hagar, the slave of, at the time in this story, Abram and Sarai, who will be Abraham and Sarah. Hagar is their slave, and Sarah, who'd been mistreating her because she's pregnant and Sarah was barren, Hagar leaves because of that mistreatment. And so while Hagar has left and is wandering, an angel or messenger of God meets her and tells her to return to Sarai and that she'll have many descendants. But during their conversation, Hagar realizes that the angel is actually God. So Hagar declares God as the God who sees me. And this story is so interesting because Hagar is the only person in the Hebrew Bible that gives God a name. A woman who was enslaved, marginalized, outcasted by herself. And God said, I see you. You're not alone. I'm here. And this is actually one of my favorite in the Old Testament partly because I appreciate the interpretation that this is a reminder that God is much closer to those who have been rejected than he is to us when we're gloating in our acceptance, that God is intimately close to us in our vulnerability. And this is an especially meaningful story for some womenist theologians I've read. Because God is with those who have suffered and who have had to fight to be recognized. God is a God who sees the people on on the margins who rejoices in your existence, even when people don't, who understands you, even when people don't. So whenever I'm at the end of my rope or have my worst, depressive, anxious, darkest moments, I remind myself, I have a God who sees me. I have a God who gets it. So whether it be an LGBTQ person or anyone else, I have a voice stirring in me that says, Remember, remember, I see them and you ought to see them too. So that is it for this episode, you all. I hope this was an interesting one for you and you enjoyed it. I also want to give credence to something that I saw online that I think is important and I don't remember the organization that was selling these t-shirts or else I would say something but I don't want to misquote them but they had a pride t-shirt and it said not your religious debate on it and I really appreciate that and I want to give credence to the fact that regardless of people's ways of always needing homosexuality or LGBTQ matters to be a religious debate. At the end of the day, we're talking about people and we're talking about lives and we're talking about the rights of people to live freely and live happily and abundantly in their countries, in their homes, anywhere. And so that really should not be a debate. And it can be fatiguing when you're of a minority and you see things that are constantly about you in the news or seem to be about the, a group that you're a part of in the news and it seems like there's always some kind of conversation or debate around it that is fatiguing and that can be a lot and so I want to give just credence and grace to the fact that that is a real thing and so obviously this is something that matters a lot to me and that I think that people mention a lot and ask about um, but at the same time like let's just be real. Everyone needs to be accepted and everyone has a right to be respected. And so there's a point at which there are certain things that are not for debate, certain ways of disrespecting people, whether you call that because of your religion or not, it's still wrong, right? And so there are things that are above debate and just above um, respectable or acceptable behavior. And so I just want to put that out there because i think that a lot of times in these conversations they can be pretty heavy and sometimes people can be frustrated i guess that they even happen and i don't want to add to that in a negative way so um hopefully that's not that's not the vibe here um so yeah if you made it this far thank you so much for listening happy pride month to all who did anything during pride month and hope that you have a terrific day, and I will see you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow Faithfully Uncool underscore podcast on Instagram, and you can email me at faithfullyuncool at gmail.com. And as always, go in peace.